Hey guys, it's Simi and this is Wrestling Unlimited. So first off, if you're watching live, I do want to apologize for taking so long once the stream started and the starting soon screen comes on because literally the moment I clicked start soon, UPS showed up delivering my son's birthday present. He'll never see this, so I could just say it. We got him a brand new laptop for his birthday, which is in a couple of weeks. And so UPS came as a whole thing. They were supposed to deliver it on Saturday. This delivery never came or whatever. So then it came today. And so I wanted to open it, make sure it's the right thing, this and that, and bada boom. It's on the charger now. We're good to go. So if you guys have been sitting around waiting for this to start for the last 10 minutes or so, I do want to apologize if you're watching live. So, yeah. But we got a good little show for you today. Basically, an AEW heavy show. A very AEW heavy show. We got a couple WWE things we're going to talk about. But for the most part, this is going to be AEW. And adding one more WWE story to the dock right now as we speak. Okay. And I do want to preface the last story we're going to talk about is potential raw spoilers. But I will put a graphic up here. Up here. It'll say spoiler alert. You know, this one. Oop, that's not the right one. Uh, this one will say spoiler alert and stuff. Once I do start talking about that, and I'm going to save it till the very end. So that way, if you don't want to be spoiled on something that could potentially take place tonight on Raw or happen on Raw, whatever you want to call it, then I won't, you won't, you can click off. This is going to be the very end of the show. So I just wanted to say that. But we are going to talk about a number of things. We're going to break down and talk about CM Punk's promo that opened up the first episode of Collision. What that could mean for the Elite on Dynamite. Backstage reactions to Collision. Again, possible raw spoilers and more as this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. Every Monday and Friday right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. It's a handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. We do have one... Two, the first two are kind of connected. Three, four, five, six, seven. About 10 to a dozen stories here. Some are really quick hit stories. So they're like, we're going to get over them in like 90 seconds and so forth. Kind of like a Raw or kind of like a SmackDown match from last week. We're going to talk about it for no more than like two minutes. Because, God damn, how many of those matches on last week's SmackDown were two and a half minutes or less? Just about all of them. And even that gauntlet match had a lot of short matches within it, and it felt rushed. So, yeah. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Whether you're watching live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, live or later on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. You can also help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe with a tier subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you access and a subscription to one Twitch channel for absolutely free. 
no extra cost to you. If you've already got that Amazon account, and you got that Twitch account, and you link them together in your Prime Gaming, you get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember, you can head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access news, early access podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. I'm going to start trying to create more exclusive content here, trying to come up with ideas and this and that, and maybe we'll do more of like early access stuff or different kinds of stuff that's not news related. We'll figure it out. We'll see how it all does go. But finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. One second to send a message. Okay. Whether you are trying to claim Guacamelee or Guacamelee 2, the free games, pre-order, or no, yeah, pre-order um, Payday 3 or getting that new season of Fortnite, code P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D. Also remember, get your questions in. PWUnlimited.co forward slash mailbag. We do have a few questions here. Um, I'm going to save these towards the end because I don't feel like they're super topical to any of the stories I've got on the show today. But I will, at least one of these I'm going to talk about. You can go to pwunlimited.co, pwunlimited.co forward slash mailbag to support and ask your question. And also remember the best way to make sure your question gets gets answered and, and whatnot is by submitting a super chat in the YouTube live chat. And it also greatly, greatly supports us here as well. So as far as our first thing does go, we're going to break down CM Punk's promo and whatnot from the beginning of the first episode of Collision and what that could mean for Dynamite this week and so forth going forward. So I've got some notes. I've been like thinking of different things and looking things up and seeing what other people have been saying and maybe I was interpreting things wrong. So I've got a collaborative thing here from a couple different websites on how they interpreted it, people on Twitter, my own, talking to friends who watched it and so forth. So yeah, all of that. And let's just kick it right off right here. Um, first episode of AW Collision actually kicked off with CM Punk. And he, well, didn't hold anything back. Towards the end of Punk's promo, Punk said that the last time people saw him, he was carrying what was in the bag he has, but never showed what was in that bag. We all know that that was the AW World Championship because Punk went out on the top. Punk went out when he was injured and suspended as the world champion. And then, of course, we know what happened from there. Um, Punk. Oh, I did write this backwards. Okay, okay. So Punk enters the ring to a loud ovation from the crowd in, well, his hometown of Chicago. 
He said that he was tired of being nice and was on the shelf for 10 months with a ruptured tricep off the bone. He said he loves the people and they love him because he's unapologetically himself. He said that his presence makes people feel uncomfortable because, well, he is the truth. And the truth can be painful sometimes. Then the crowd just starts chanting, fuck the elite, fuck the elite, fuck the elite, fuck the elite. And I'm like, oh, we're going there. Damn. Punk then said that people can call him whatever they want. Some people can love him for what he does. Some people can hate him and he doesn't matter. It doesn't matter either way because, well, not everyone's going to like you and not everyone's going to love you. He then said, but David Zasloff, who is the head of Warner Brothers Discovery, calls him One Bill Phil because, quote, he is the one true article in a business full of counterfeit bucks. We know what that was. That was a shot at the Young Bucks. He said that he apologized. And apologizing for people. Quote, who are softer than the wrestlers they like. He finished the promo by grabbing his boots. They were around his neck the entire time. Saying, oh, you thought I was going to come down here and place these in the ring. Put these down and walk off into the sunset. No, I am not. I will not until there is somebody here that can fill these boots that belong on my feet. So yeah, Punk out here, taking shots at the Elite, taking shots at the Young Bucks, talked about Hangman briefly kind of a little bit, but that was the crux of everything. And now it looks like, well, there is a slight chance Punk shows up on Dynamite and the Elite don't. As Fightful has written the following. As expected, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega were not in Chicago for AEW Collision on June 17th. However, we have heard that they might not even be in Chicago at all. And that includes this week's AEW Dynamite from the Wintrust Arena. We're told that there were pre-tapes done to progress some of their angles, but that there's a good chance they are not in the arena. Instead, CM Punk may be showing up this Wednesday, though not officially announced. As of this weekend, those close to Punk claim that he was planned for the June 21 show, which again is this Wednesday. Punk made his return to, to AEW on the June 17th collision. That's big. That's big. That if they want Punk to show up on a dynamite, well, the elite aren't even going to be there. They don't want anything to do with him. And this goes back to Punk's ESPN article or interview where he said, I reached out to try to apologize and got a don't contact these people anymore response. So, as I said last week in response to the CM Punk uh, ESPN interview that was hyped up to be bigger than it was, who's at the wrong here? It's CM Punk trying to play ball and the other side, the elite, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and so forth, not wanting to do what's best for business, I guess you could say. Where if he's around, they're not around. Vice versa. Not because he doesn't want to. Not for lack of trying on Phil's part. CM Punk, Phil Brooks. No. Because they don't want to hear it. I mean, you did come in and take over as the top guy in the company that they helped start and create. And we're the top guys in until he got there. So, maybe there's a little ill will there. Maybe they soured on him then. But we'll have to wait and see. But as of according to this report from Fightful, some pre-taped stuff has been filmed to help further their storylines 
going into whatever we're going into, like Forbidden Door this weekend, yet they're not going to be there. Which, really? What? You need to be, what, huh? So we're not going to get any face-to-face -face in the ring? Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, after Will Ospreay laid out Kenny last week? We're just going to leave it at a pre-tape? What are you going to say? Oh, Kenny's hurt and can't be there right now, but he'll be there Sunday. Like, what? Um, who knows if the Bucks are even going to wrestle at Forbidden Door because that's not been announced. Who did they wrestle last year at Forbidden Door? They teamed with some. I feel like they were in a six-man or something. Forbidden Door 2022. Wait. Um, I know they were in some sort of a, a bullet club match. Now I can't find it. Where, why? Here it is. It was Darby Allen, Sting, and Shingo. against El Fantasma and the Young Bucks. But as of right now, it looks like, um, they are not going to be at Dynamite this week. We could get them on the show in pre-tape segments, but... There's also a chance we get old Phil Brooks on the show as well. But speaking of the elite and Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, and Forbidden Door this weekend, according to Mike Johnson over at PW Insider, he does have a little quick hit on the main event stating, quote, The belief over the weekend in Chicago was that Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay would be closing the Forbidden Door pay-per-view in Toronto this Sunday. Now, I like that. For a number of different reasons. Because A, it's the most anticipated match you have on the show. Coming off of one of, if not the best match so far this year. And the other good thing about putting this as the main event. And not whether that is the AEW World title match or the IWGP title, uh, heavyweight title match. You don't have to worry about either company going, huh, why, did we get, why didn't we get the main event? Why did you get the main event? This and that. No. You put this match on as the main event. And then you don't have to... Worry about putting the AW or the IWGP title as the main event and making anybody mad saying, why did they get the main event instead of us? If it's Osprey and Omega, everyone will understand why that is the main event. So that's just my thinking of it. But according to PW Insider, the word over the weekend, Omega versus Osprey closing the show this Sunday. As I get back to talking a little AW collision, we got some news on some reactions to collision as well. This also does come from Mike Johnson over at PW Insider. Give me one second. I'm going to open this a different way. Because sometimes PW Insider's website can just be a lot. Like, a lot. When it comes to all of their ads and whatnot on the screen. <sighs> now I can't. Okay, hold on. Um, right, I'm just going to have to read it like this. According to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, he does write the following. After AW Collision went off the air, both Dax Harwood and CM Punk gave impassioned speeches to the crowd in Chicago. Punk saw a fan with a sign in the second level of the United Center with a sign that read, Support LGBTQ Youth, and called for the fan to come to the ring. Punk then gave a speech where he said, As a kid, and felt out of place and judged for how he dressed, how he wore his hair and the music he listened to, and these were things he chose 
and chose not to change of himself, never felt like he had a place. And he wants to make sure that others don't feel the same way. He said that he couldn't imagine what it would be like living like you were trans trapped in a body you didn't want to be in. Apparently, this uh, speech got a huge reaction from the live crowd. Chris Hero was said to be backstage producing matches for Ring of Honor and was on headset for several matches, including the Chicago Street Fight that closed the tapings. Uh, it is noted that he will be in for a few weeks after being suggested as a potential addition to the team by some of the other producers, but it's nothing official yet. We did hear this originally from Fightful that he was being brought in, but it's not known what the role will be, whether it's just for ROH, for ROH and AEW, just AEW. We don't know quite yet, but Chris Hero has been working as the lead booker for West Coast Pro Wrestling and getting rave reviews there. Abuk and Sanjay Dunn were also at the tapings working as coaches slash producers. Jeff Jarrett was backstage before the show handling behind-the-scenes duties and filming a promo that aired during the show. That set up him versus Mark Briscoe in the uh, Concessions Battle Royal, or not, not Battle Royal, Concessions Street Fight. Or Concession Stand Brawl, whatever it's called. Now, here's an interesting one. Because now I need to go check something from Fightful really fast. Because I think there's some contradiction on a steal. And let me go look at one thing really fast here from Fightful. Because. And I think I know why it's a contradiction. So Fightful wrote before we get back to PW Insider. For those wondering, Ace Steel is in Chicago, but will not be in attendance at Collision or any AEW shows as of now. Now, this was posted two minutes before uh, Collision went on the air on TNT. So, Fightful got word that he was not in attendance yet. According to Mike Johnson over at PW Insider, he writes, quote, a Steel was in attendance at the tapings watching the show from the Chicago Blackhawks family box. He was not backstage before the show that I was aware of. He is remotely producing and assisting on the creative side, but still traveled to the show this week on his own accord. So there's where the contradiction goes. He's not supposed to be there in an official capacity with AEW and wasn't expected to be there in an official capacity with AEW, but was there at the show watching the show more so as a fan than in an AEW sense. So that's very interesting. Uh, Mike Johnson continues stating Kevin Matthews is working behind the scenes, assisting with logistics, such as making sure talent were where they needed to be for different responsibilities prior and during the show. Backstage after the show, we were told it was pretty much positive across the board to the, as far as the first episode goes and the feeling that it will hit the mark in trying to feel different from Dynamite. Johnson says, I actually thought it was one of the best AWTV presentations in a long time from a live perspective. The main event six-man tag was noteworthy and it was the first time Samoa Joe and CM Punk wrestled each other since 2005. And it had a close to... A close a 2003 feel of an all-Japan or NOAA-style six-man tag that you can have. 
Um, Johnson also closes this out by stating, Merchandise moved so well during the tapings that by the time Collision went off the air, most of the merchandise had already been sold out. The CM Punk merchandise easily topped sales last night. So there we go. Collision seems to have been a success. We'll see what happens when that rating does come out later on today, I think. Well, give me one second. I think the rating should come out today. I don't know if anything's going to be delayed for Juneteenth. It is a nationally viewed holiday, but not every company and every business and every organization um, what's what I'm looking for recognizes it. It's like UPS, they're, they're, they're out working today. I got a package this morning. Um, I don't see anything on Showbuzz saying that the, the ratings could be delayed. I don't see that. So we'll have to wait and see. I don't know if the dynamite or the collision rating will be out today or not, but if it is, we will bring it to you as soon as we see it. Now, one not great thing about collision was Jim Ross's voice. Jim Ross recently had a fall and messed up his eye. He had a sore throat and he was just all kinds of, uh, and yeah, he's going to actually step away for a little while while he heals himself up. Jim Ross posted a photo of himself sporting a black eye on Saturday, but said that he would still make it to AEW Collision. He worked the main event, but his voice sounded very hoarse. Following that, uh, Ross did state that he would be stepping away so he can heal up. He stated, quote, on Twitter, I apologize for the way I sounded tonight. Going to step away to heal. Thanks for your support. Well, there we go. Don't ex I wouldn't expect Jim Ross on the show next week. Not... not that's not me saying he's not going to be on the show, like, for sure. But that's just me saying I don't think he would be based off of this. Now, you've heard a lot of rumors and news and reports recently that there was supposed to be this AEW roster split and that it was going to be a hard split. And then maybe it wasn't going to be super hard. And then there was going to be something called a transfer portal, whatever the fuck that was supposed to be. And Fightful has a little more on that, stating the following. AEW has gone back and forth about the potential of a roster split, with Tony Khan saying, quote, as of now, in recent interviews, we're not having one, and we've since learned more. As far back as a month ago, there were preparations and details sent out in AEW, in AEW Wrestling indicating that there would be two distinct rosters, one for Collision and one for Dynamite. However, there were special exceptions to be made as well, especially with Champions. The move at the time was met with mixed reactions internally. There were several wrestlers who weren't happy that they'd be missing out on signings and independent bookings on the weekends having to work collision, which is something AEW has long looked at as a luxury, as AEW is the first is the first priority on all the wrestlers' contracts. However, some are very happy when they get to move and do other things, especially as an effort to minimize the drama backstage. Over the last couple of years, originally planned for a hard split. Some of the roster were told that it'd be a softer split now before being told that there would be no real actual split and be some natural sharing between the rosters. One of Brother Discovery sources we spoke to, that's his Fightful, said that they preferred no split, but under the right circumstance, anything could work. So also Fightful closes out by stating, we're told that the quote transfer portal trademark was supposed to be in relation to the brand split, but 
they've tabled that idea for now. So basically what's going to happen, it seems like, is there'll be some guys that work predominantly only collision and some guys that work predominantly only dynamite, but can work both shows. It can go either way, can do everything. And so that is what it looks like right now. That a bunch of stuff is just still up in the air and they haven't 100% locked down what they want to do because what if, you know, you say Miro can only work collision and like a Lance Archer can only work dynamite. But then for some reason they start something on social media and you go, oh, this match would be really cool. Let's do it. Oh, wait, they're on different brands. Now we got to pivot. But if there's no hard split and no real dynamite versus collision roster, then you could just go, oh, okay, well, one's going to show up on the other show regardless, whatever. Here we go. So yeah, there we go. Hada bang, bada boom. As far as the interest level in Collision does go and what, you know, all that does entail. Dave Meltzer also spoke about that as well. Dave Meltzer said on his daily update, quote, Collision was the number 10 most searched topic on Google yesterday, although the number was li- that was listed was 20,000. That seems to indicate a good possible rating. I expected a good number with their debut of a new show, and that, that has been purported... That had been promoted for months and CM Punk's return being heavily promoted as well. It's more about the staying power past the novelty of the intro than what this first show does. And I agree with that wholeheartedly because Rampage looked pretty good when it first started. I'm going to go and look. What was the... I'm going to see something. So when Rampage first started... I have... Those ratings here. So when Rampage first started on August 13th, 2021, the first show did a 740,000 rating viewership. Then the next week did 1.129 million viewers. I forget what that second show was. Then it went back to 722,000. Dropped to 696. After about two months, it was in the 500s, sometimes in the sixes. After about three months, it was down in the 400s. And we've seen this show get all the way down to like 200,000. I don't think it's dropped. I don't think, and I could be wrong here, correct me if I'm not. I don't think Collision's ever done under 200,000. I think the lowest I'm seeing here is like 280. Hold on. Let's look, let's look, let's look really fast. Let's comb through this really fast. Year and a half of, of Rampage ratings. Yeah, the lowest I'm seeing is 287, and that was an episode back in February. 284, back in May, 283. Okay, so it's 287 back in February. It was a 294. Uh, And it aired actually a couple hours earlier out of the normal time slot. So you can kind of say, huh, well, it wasn't in his time slot. So that's why it was so low. It's on a Friday, though. Hopefully none of this happens with Collision, where it starts promising, and this slowly, 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 slowly dips in the ratings. 
Also on Collision, we learned the first two names for the upcoming Owen Hart Cup Tournament. The Owen Hart Cup Tournament is set to be kicking off here shortly, and we do now know two men have actually stated that they won in the tournament. One will be Powerhouse Hobbs, and the other will be Ricky Starks. Now, if we go based off of last year... The brackets for last year's show had one, two, three, four, five, six, eight people in the tournament. And so we've got two of the eight so far. So we'll have to see six others who get put in this tournament. It'd be cool if Adam Cole gets put in because he can defend winning it next year, but he's so ingrained and enthralled. Ooh, no, 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 no. I got it. Adam Cole does need to be in this tournament. Because what they need to do is say that the tournament winner gets a shot at MJF in the belt. Well, Adam Cole was supposed to earn a shot, but couldn't do it this past last week on Dynamite. But now, maybe, ooh, this is how he actually gets his shot by winning the tournament again. I don't know if everyone would want to see a two-in-a-row two winner for the first two years, but it would be a kind of a cool thing to do where Adam Cole goes, hey, the winner gets a shot at the title? I got nothing last year for winning. Also, I couldn't beat MJF. I'm going to earn it. I'm going to earn that shot. So, yeah. Very cool. Very interesting. Very nice. Hobbs, Starks, are going to be in the tournament. Who else is going to be in the tournament? We'll have to wait and see. Um, Another quick hit here that has to do with all elite wrestling. Looks like one... AEW backstage, I guess you could say, worker has been moved over to the production side of things as Mike Johnson over at PW Insider writes the following. Amanda Huber is now working on the production end of AEW. She had been working in the community outreach area of the company, but we are told was recruited by Michael Mansuri to come over to production. Now, if you're unaware who Michael Mansuri is, he's basically AEW's Kevin Dunn. He was... In WWE in the past, working under Kevin Dunn, some thought when Kevin Dunn retires, Mansuri would take his spot. Mansuri ended up leaving WWE, went and I think worked for Pat McAfee, and I think he might have worked at the Zone. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one. And is now working as like lead producer right under Tony, or right equal with or right under Tony Khan in AEW, as far as production does go. Like he's now like Tony's in charge of the show and everything, but when it comes to like the production side of things and how things are shot and like. Being the director, that's Michael Mansuri. He's basically like, Tony's calling the shots, but he's directing how everything looks when we see it on screen. As we transition off of AEW, we've got some New Japan news to talk about. More specifically, a match with John Moxley, or as Justin Roberts likes to say, John Moxley! I can't do it as good as him, but yeah. Moxley will be working a death match against Il Desperado coming up on the Independence Day show. As John Moxley versus El Desperado in a final death match has been added to the NJPW Strong Independence Day card. That has now been fully announced. After scoring off in a tag match on night one, Moxley 
will face El Desperado in a final death match on night two, July 5th. Remember, this is a two-night event, Independence Day, July 4th and 5th. Moxley and Homicide will team up to take on Desperado and June Kasai in an exciting encounter Doomsday No DQ match on July 4th. The match has now been made official after being teased for the last week or so. Now here's my question. And I'm going to go check Twitter because I asked this question before going live just to get some clarification. Final death match. Does that mean Moxley's final death match ever? Does that mean um, Desperado's final death match ever? Or the final death match between the two guys? I think it might mean final death match between the two. But some websites are reporting this as if it's Moxley's final death match ever. That's where I'm confused. And so let me know in the comments below or the live chat what this actually means. Is it final death match ever for Moxley or just between the two? Also, speaking of Independence or Independence Day, JPW Strong Independence Day from Japan. On July 4th, we will have WGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Championships will be on the line when TJP and Francisco Akira defend against Drilla Maloney and Clark Connors. We know about the exciting encounter, Doomsday, no DQ match, John Moxley and Homicide against Desperado and Kasai. Then JPW Strong Openweight Tag Team titles will be on the line when Haruki Goto and Yoshihashi defend against Alex Coughlin and Gabe Kidd. Eddie Kingston and Rocky Romero will team up to take on the team of Kenta and Ghetto. Filthy Tom Lawler will be taking on, I'm going to butcher this name, Kosi Fujita. Lance Archer, Alex Zane, and uh, Ryoe Oya Oya will take on J.R. Kratos, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaacs. Bad Dude Tito will be going one-on-one with a DKC. And then in a, in a uh, kickoff match, Ryusuke Taguchi, Yo, and Oscar LeBay will take on Kengo, Dragon... Li- Dragon... Libra, and Takahiro Katari. Then on night two, we got a six-man tag match on the kickoff show. Ryusuke Taguchi, Master Wado, and Bolton Oleg will take on Dragon Libra, Libre, Takahiro Katari, and Rekka. We have GR Kratos versus Oscar LeBeau, or LeBay, Homicide, and R- Ryohei Oia against TJP and Francisco Akira. Drilla Maloney and Clark Connors versus Yo and Rocky Ramiro. Lance Archer and Alex Zane versus Dad, Bad Dude Tito and Kosai Fujita. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and the DKC against Tom Lawler, Jor-El, Jor-El, Jor-El Nelson, and Royce Isaacs. The IWGP Tag Team Championships will be on the line when Haruki Goto and Yoshihashi defend against Alex Coughlin and Gabe Kidd. The final death match, John Moxley versus El Desperado. And for the NJPW Strong Openweight Championship, Kenta. We'll be defending against Eddie Kingston. Boy, is that match going to be good. Oh, that match is going to be so good. Kenta versus Kingston. Yes. 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 As we move on, we got some WWE stories to talk about. Two quick hits. First one, there's been some rumors going around over the last couple of days. I don't know if there's heat on hit row. And Fifold. Does have a little update on that. I think Meltzer may have started this rumor, or Brian Alvarez might have started the rumor. One of the two where they were like, "Man, who'd hit row piss off backstage to be treated like this?" And that led to people going, "Oh, they got heat. 
something wrong, something this, and Fightful did write the following on their website. Well, actually, on their Patreon, stating, quote, Contrary to online reports, WWE higher-ups that dis- uh, said that despite there not being significant creative plans for Hit Row, there's nothing out of the ordinary with their view from WWE management. A WWE source near creative said that Hit Row and other returns were brought back to help provide depth and prevent the rematch-heavy shows that we saw prior. So basically, it didn't piss nobody off. It was, they were brought back to be on the roster and used whenever, used however, used here and there, just so it wasn't like, oh, well, we don't got a lot of guys, we got to do a bunch of rematches. Basically, Hero was brought in, like Chelsea Green and others, to just be on the roster and used when needed. That's what it seems like from this report from Fightful. They didn't piss nobody off, and that's why they're seeing less and less and less. I mean, you would think they did with the way Michael Cole basically talks down about uh, Top Dollar so much, but no, that's not the case. And finally, we got some potential spoilers for tonight's a or Monday Night Raw graph, spoiler graphic right here. I'll give you guys about five seconds, and we're going to talk about these spoilers. We got five, four, three, two, one. According to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, he is reporting that two former NXT champions are slated to be in town for tonight's Monday Night Raw in Cleveland. He states that both Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa are in Cleveland ahead of tonight's Raw. It's unclear if either will be used on the show, but both being on the show would make sense. Ciampa has been teased for many weeks now as far as joining Johnny Gargano and his family. And the family may be not being 100% on if they want Ciampa with them, but Johnny saying that he would be beneficial and then being, are you sure? So that would make sense. And also, Braun Breaker. He makes sense to be on the show tonight, possibly, with him challenging Seth Rollins tomorrow on NXT for the World Heavyweight Championship. We know that Seth is doing an open challenge tonight. I don't think Breaker's the one to accept the open challenge. But what if Breaker does something to... Cause that match to have a non-finish. Get Seth disqualified. And Seth gets beat, but doesn't drop the title because it's disqualification. I can see something like that happening. Breaker gets involved with whatever Seth is doing tonight on the show. Both Ciampa and Breaker are scheduled to be in town at the show, but it's unclear if either will be used or not. Spoiler going off in five, four, three. Two, one. Good that, guys. That is all we got here for today's edition of the Wrestling Wrap-Up, June 19th, 2023. So with that, we will be back live tonight following Monday Night Raw. Talk about that entire show and what that does entail. And speaking of tonight's Monday Night Raw, six things have so far been announced for that show. Let's pull those up on the screen. See what all WWE is teasing on their website. Because we do have all of this. We do have all of this. So we do have all of this. We do have all of this. Six things have been announced for tonight's Monday Night Raw. Six things in total. Like Logan Paul. Logan Paul's been announced. 
as being in his hometown of Cleveland tonight on Monday Night Raw. We haven't seen Logan Paul since WrestleMania. We also need to know, as far as action does go, Matt Riddle will be taking on Ludwig Kaiser. We got a Money in the Bank qualifying match for the final slot in the Women's Money in the Bank qualifying, or in the Women's Money in the Bank match. It's Raquel Rodriguez against Trish Stratus. In a non-title match, in a rematch from Night of Champions, it's Rhea Ripley, the world champion, against Natalia. We getting another two-minute squash? Probably. No, they're not. They don't have everything on here. There's also a Nakamura versus Bronson Reed match being advertised or announced actually last week. And a Seth Rollins Open Challenge for the world title that is also not being advertised on their website. Let's go to Twitter. I know I had seen that they put up some stuff on Twitter. Go to the WWE Twitter account. So yeah, WWE is only advertising on their Twitter in the last hour. Logan Paul, Rhea and Natty, Raquel, Trish. Hmm. That's going to be something to look at through the rest of the day. To see what actually does and does not happen based off of what was announced throughout the last week. So with that, guys, going to wrap everything up. I want to say thank you if you're watching live. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. Live or later on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Or podcast services all around the globe. Like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio. And so much more. Again, we will be back tonight following Monday Night Raw. So have a great rest of your evening. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.